0: all of you here. Uh, thanks for coming out this Christmas Eve. A little different this Christmas Eve, right? Like last year, if you came, you took your life into your own hands because of uh, the snow. If you remember that, that was crazy and all the ice. Now it's like I saw somebody in shorts earlier, you know, like it's 60 out. So thank you all for, for being here uh, for this Christmas Eve. And you know, when I think of, I want to start with some stories. When, when I think of Christmas Eve and Christmas, I just think of a lot of memories of being with different people. Just being together with people. Um, I remember my mom and I, along with my aunts and uncles and cousins, crammed into my grandma's house in Logan. Uh, We called her grand, and we'd be all crammed into the living room, opening gifts, eating dinner together, laughing, rushing to a Christmas Eve service, coming back to her house, opening gifts until like midnight, and we just all of us were together. Um, I remember we were just telling this story today at at our uh, family gathering earlier with my mom. Uh, We were at one of these events, and we're all crammed into a house, and uh, my uncle was helping the kids undo their toys, and you parents, you know this, like, I'm not sure why, like, toys are packaged the way they are, but, like, uh, I can get into medicine easier than I can a toy, like, they're wired and all this, and so you know uh, my uncle said hey somebody got a knife and of course somebody you know whips out like some rambo looking thing and and uh, and you know he's trying to cut that and sure enough he slipped and cut his wrist and uh and then he went off to the er for a while and the gifts uh quit for a while and then maybe you know, an hour and a half later a few stitches he's back at it you know again hanging out and just sharing those kind of those kind of, of memories i remember a time at my grandma's house my other uncle and I, we, we recognized that the Christmas tree had a big hole in it. This is, this is kids back when you used to like buy a tree every year that actually was real, like it actually grew out of the ground and somebody had to cut it down. It was a live tree. And so it had a hole in it and, and it looked kind of unsightly and so my uncle and I got some duct tape and a branch and we like shoved it in there and duct taped this. That I mean, is like redneck Christmas, but that, that fit in with us. All those memories of just simply being together, and that's really what what I remember the most. In fact, already this week, it's been that. So last night, getting together with my aunt and uncles and cousins and, and, you know, people from out of town, and then today being with my mom and dad, and and, uh, Jesse and Cassie being in town, and then uh, at the end of next month, we're doing like a 30-day Christmas. My son from Alaska is coming in at the end of January to celebrate Christmas with us late, and so... I just like the part of Christmas that's about being together. Don't you love being together? If if you've ever had to, to spend the holidays alone or away and work, or uh, you know, this year there's people that are having to spend the holidays alone because of of sickness or because of just precautions because of their own health with COVID. And so being alone is very, very hard at Christmas time. There's just something about being together just even being together tonight there's something about being together you know i think this idea of being together goes all the way back to the very first christmas there's a lot of together there there was something special about being together and experiencing the first christmas together In fact we've used this as a theme and advent of this coming and going all uh, advent we've used that as a theme and tonight we're going to look at just quickly this idea of coming and going together we see it early on we saw it with mary and joseph going together to bethlehem with what johnny read but this theme of coming and going together goes well beyond that. It's throughout the whole Christmas story. And so I just want to take a quick look at that, and make a few comments, and then we'll get on with the candlelight part of our service. In Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 15. wrapped in clothes, lying in a manger, and then suddenly a company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven on earth, peace on those whose God's favor rests. Then the angel had left them and gone into heaven, and the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. The shepherds, together that night in a field, Ordinary people, in fact, from what we know from history of the first century in Israel, uh, shepherds by stereotype didn't have a, a great reputation. As one scholar puts it, they they were known to confuse uh, thine with mine; that they would think your sheep was their sheep, and they they would sometimes take your sheep. Um, they were so uh, kind of looked down upon that we know in ancient history that they could not give testimony in a court of law, that these these weren't just ordinary people, but to some degree, they had a reputation and not a good reputation. And yet, those overseeing the flocks that night were most likely, because of where the geography was at, they were overseeing the very flocks that would one day be sacrificial lambs at the temple. Little did they know that on that night, they would get a message revealing the Lamb of God, God's own Son, and that He had been born. The message they received is that a Savior, God's anointed of anointed, the Messiah was born, a humble king in the manger. And how do these shepherds respond? They say, let's go together. Let's go see this thing that they've told us about. And what do they do when they go together? Luke 2, verse 16 shows us, so they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about, uh, to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard. It was just as they had been told. You know, there's really just two ideas I want to hone in on this passage tonight. And and to some degree, I think you've probably heard it over the last uh, 30 to 40 days as we've done Advent together. And it's the first thing the shepherds came together to do was they worshiped together. They went and saw Jesus, and they sang praises to God. They lifted God's name high up. They worshiped together. They praised and glorified God, as the verse says, for what God had told them was true. For they had heard and they had seen all the things God had told them about and it caused them to worship. There's something about doing life together, particularly the spiritual part of life, of just worshiping together. You know, our faith has to be lived out together. There's something about it being together. Like, I know all of us carry these things around, which, uh, let me just say, you can get a better sermon on this than you'll hear tonight. <laughs> um, you'll, you can watch more highly produced videos. Uh, you can find bigger and fuller and more amazing you know music than you can probably experience live in a church. like but here's the thing. like this thing of following Jesus is not about better produced content or more, information, this thing about following Jesus is supposed to be done together with other people, doing life together, worshiping and serving Jesus together, worshiping together on Sundays or in small groups or at special events like Holy Spirit nights or worship circles, when we do those rhythms together, even if you're having to be at home tonight, if you're with somebody else, there's something about doing it together that forms us. These rhythms and these things of being in the same room with other people helps form us. The New Testament is even clear about this. In 1 Corinthians 11, we we find that as Christians gather together, something about the angels being together with us in worship. Some of you may remember this from the Psalms, that God inhabits the praises of his people. There's just something about doing this with others that makes it real and concrete. God didn't come to just save Persons, In fact, he came to create a new people who worship together. And In a few moments, we're going to worship together. We're going to light candles together, and we're going to sing Silent Night together. And as we worship together, I want, I want you just to remind yourself of what it's like to be together, to worship with one another. Choose this week to make a weekly rhythm of gathering with other people whether it's in a small group that you feel safe in or whether it's in a larger group on Sundays, but just make a decision that I'm going to make doing Christianity together a rhythm of my life. Now the shepherds didn't just worship Christ together, they went too. And when they went, they worshipped uh, you know, him, but they, but they did something else after they found this baby. Verse 17 and 18 says, When they had seen Jesus, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. You know, what we're called to do is the same thing the shepherds did. Not only to worship together, but to witness together. The shepherds went together to witness and to share their faith. And, and we see this throughout Jesus' ministry, that it wasn't just one person going out, but like when Jesus sent his disciples out, he set them out in twos in pairs to go out and to witness together that even the act of sharing Jesus with other people is to be done in a community type of setting. We see that with Paul, that when he goes out as a missionary, he goes with Barnabas, and then later Silas, and later small teams would go out. This church was started by a small team and a house on the east side of town. There's, there's just something about doing it together and witnessing together. I saw this recently on our trip to, to Brazil and a couple of the folks that went uh, are here today. I know Mickey and Jack are for sure in the room. I saw them, maybe a couple of others are too. But there was just something about witnessing together, uh, spurring one another on to pray with other people, to celebrate together together to pray together, all of this stuff. There's just something about that. And, and I noticed that as we witnessed together, our boldness increased, and there was also a little bit of accountability to it too. That trip and those times there is a microcosm of what I think church is supposed to be about, that we need one another, and we're more apt to do what we're supposed to be doing and we all want to do, and we're more apt to have fun doing it when we do it together. Some of you heard this story, I shared a few weeks ago, I was at the Dear Dutchman in Plain City, uh, my my folks and I, my aunt and uncle and cousins and their kids, and we, we had Thanksgiving dinner at the Amish restaurant there, and so we're waiting, and, and Emmy and I went into the gift shop and then in the bakery to get some stuff, and while uh, we're waiting to be seated, and so we finish, and our family has already been seated, so we want to get in there, and and so as we as we walk out, uh, there was a rather tall gentleman with like the biggest neck brace I've ever seen. This thing was super high. his neck was stretched. And, and he's like, he just doesn't look good. And he's kind of stumbling. And we, we pass him. And in Emmy, my 16-year-old daughter, says, Dad, we ought to really pray for that guy. I'm, and we'd already passed him. I said, Emmy, you know, our family's been seated. Um, you know, it's going to be awkward to like, Go up and hey, you know, chase this guy down. Can we pray for you? You know, I just, and, and besides, it, it's Dear Dutchman. It's, it's the buffet. Like, there are noodles right now waiting for me. And um, she continued to, you know, strongly encourage Badger, convict, and me. And she goes, Dad, I think we're really supposed to pray for him. Okay. Guess I'm the pastor, I'll do this. And so we, we go out, and by this time, the guy's outside, and he's leaning up, waiting for somebody in the parking lot to come and get him. And we introduce ourselves, and he tells us a story about how he had had major neck surgery, quite a few pins put in his neck, and all of the pins had sheared off. And he's going to have to have the surgery completely redone. They're going to have to take the pins out, redo the whole thing. Can we pray for you right now? He goes, I'd like that so we got to pray for him i didn't see anything dramatic happen right then but i know a guy was encouraged and loved on and he knew god cared about him and a few other people did and i learned another lesson again about the importance of doing life together like because we were together i did what i was supposed to do And it's so important, I think, when it comes to witnessing that we do it together to hold one another accountable and encourage one another. You know, we're going to give you all an opportunity after this service to do this. And kids, if you're in the room, I really want you to listen up. And I want you to put the same pressure and manipulation on your parents that Emmy put on me. So, so, you know, listen up. Um, No, seriously, Um, if you. You don't have to manipulate them, just embarrass them. Um, And if if you came alone, even before I tell you what what I'd love for us to do tonight, if you came alone and and you want to practice witnessing together, maybe think of somebody else in the room you could join in with. You know, we have quite a few dozens of donuts out there that are labeled with places around town where people are working tonight. Police stations, firehouses, gas stations, nursing homes, the ER, just different places around town. And they're labeled already with an address. And what we would love to do is to give us an opportunity to do what the shepherds did, which is to simply go away not only worshiping together, but to witness of how good Jesus is and how he loves us and to show a little bit of love to people tonight. And so I'd love for people, as you leave, go to the Connect Center right on the other side of that wall in the lobby and just go and look for, the, for donuts, it's got a name, it's got uh, an address, and just go and say, hey, we're from Lancaster Vineyard Church. We simply want to show God's love in a practical way. And, and nothing really says God loves you like donuts, right? And so, uh, and if you get brave, and if you've got a daughter who helped convict you like I do, uh, maybe you even want to take it one step further and say, could we just pray a really quick prayer for you tonight? And just say it, pray whatever's on your heart, and then leave. And somebody will know that Jesus is real, and that people that follow him love people enough to show them practical ways of love. And it'll be a witness. So when service is over, go out there and pick up a box and go make a delivery, Um, and the labels will tell you where to go. You know, I'm imploring you to make a decision tonight that you will carry this on for the new year, that you will choose to come to worship together and then go to, to witness together. In fact, as you came in, maybe you noticed the signs above the door that said, come to worship, and then on, as you leave, there's, there's, door, there's signs above the doors that say, go and tell. And it's just a reminder that as we gather here, we gather to worship Jesus, and then as we go out, we go to witness together. Now, I know it occurs to me as I wrap up my talk that there may be people in the room tonight who have never made a decision to follow Jesus, that even before you could make a decision to worship together or to witness together, there's one more decision you need to make actually before both those things, and that's simply to give your life to Jesus, to follow him. You know, in this Christmas story we read tonight, the angel said, peace and goodwill towards men on whom God's favor rests. Here's something we don't often recognize in the Christmas story, peace and goodwill aren't guaranteed for everybody. According to this passage, peace and goodwill from God rests on those whom God's favor rests. And what that is, is this, God's favor rests on those people who receive his grace who recognize their need who say I can't follow or I can't do right on my own I can't make sense of my life without Jesus I can't trust even my own discernment of right and wrong like I need somebody to be in charge of my life I can't do it and so Jesus I choose to follow you who gets God's favor is it perfect people absolutely not Plenty of imperfect people get God's favor and his peace. Is it people who earn God's favor? No, nobody measures up to God's ideal. So who gets God's favor and who in turn gets peace with God? But when this baby Jesus would grow up, people would ask him similar questions. How do we please God? How do we do the work that God requires us to do? What's God's will for our lives that we might have his favor? And Jesus simply answered those questions this way. What God requires is this. Believe in me, the one whom he sent. Later on in the scriptures, it says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So Christmas doesn't, Bring peace to everyone. As John Piper puts it, the key that unlocks the treasure chest of God's peace is faith in the promises of God. So Paul prays, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That there's something about believing Jesus, putting faith in Jesus, that then brings God's favor and peace into our lives. It's not an intellectual uh, assent. But trusting Jesus is actually that you would trust him enough that you'll do life the way